I will mention, you know, there are at least probably seven states that I would that I would put um, a red flag or the caution tape around, <laughs> and that is Alabama, Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Maryland, Mississippi, South Carolina, and Tennessee. Huh. And we could provide that to our listeners just to. Uh, to watch out for. If you're in these states providing resale certificates or you have customers in these states who are providing resale certificates and you're not certain if you can accept this resale certificate or not, it's good to at least have those uh, red lights, flashing red lights in your head. Oh. Hello, you are listening to the Saltcast by Peisner Johnson, the sales tax people. And for the last 30 plus years, we have been providing sales tax solutions and peace of mind to everyone we talk to. Hello and welcome to the Saltcast. My name is Ryan Johnson. And for the bulk of today's episode, we'll be covering resale exemption certificates, more specifically, which states require you to have their state-specific resale certificate and what that means for you and how to get that done. Some other things we will be covering are some practical scenarios and the challenges that resale certificates uh, present. We'll also give you some tips and advice for handling those resale certificates. Well, I'm trying to think of like the scenario, most common scenario. And let's say... You know, there's a major supplier of whatever product you're selling in right. California. Right. But you're located in Texas, but you got to buy this stuff from the supplier in California. Right. But, you know, you do sell some stuff in California, but not a lot. So you're not registered there because you don't meet any nexus thresholds. Yeah. So you buy it. And in order to not pay the sales tax, because you're going to be collecting the sales tax from your customers, you right. have to supply resale certificate. Right. And so in California, but they if, want a California resale certificate. But if you're in Texas and you purchase it from California and you sell it, what you purchased, let's say I purchased a fidget spinner in California. Uh-huh. Whoa. <laughs> Let's say I. It's all jammed up. <laughs> Let's say I purchased a fidget spinner in California, mm-hmm. and I live in Texas, and I resell these fidget spinners. If I have the California customer or uh, vendor ship them to me in Texas, then California is going to charge me, or that vendor is going to charge me tax. If they have Nexus, of course, in Texas. So they charge me tax in Texas. But if I purchase the fidget spinner, the only reason why I'm going to issue a resale certificate is I'm going to resell them, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're going to resell the fidget spinners, they're not going to charge you California tax. The California resale certificate is not even going to be presented because you're in Texas. Mm. So the only real real reason you would issue a California resale certificate is if you're drop shipping in the state of California. And in a dropship situation, that's where people get really hosed. Well, what can I provide? What can I not provide? California is indicating that y- you 
don't have to issue or you don't have to get a permit in California if you don't make taxable sales in California. But I would argue that I don't make taxable sales in California if I haven't even established nexus in California. So if the state of California wanted to come audit me in Texas because I'm reselling fidget spinners to customers in California, man, these fidget spinners are $3. They're $5. You know, The economic nexus threshold in California is $500,000. I got to sell a lot of fidget spinners. California customers before I establish Nexus. But if you did establish Nexus, then yeah, you would have to register, obtain a California resale certificate, and that's not issued by the state. It's just a blanket form, similar in Texas, where you just pull up the resale certificate. Um, yeah, fill it out. You fill it out and move on. This is a really interesting concept because you could be a small time drop shipper you just got started yeah and you know you've got a, you know your supplier is in one of these states that wants its you know your resale certificate you know from the state like what's your advice you know because at how many states will want this like do you have to get registered in the state in order to provide it's not going to be huge dollars i guess but then you're going to have to it's like do you do you pay the sales tax to the vendor and then still collect it from the customer and then to, to use that to offset we do have you know, clients who, who have passed it through in essence uh, I use that term lightly just because it's not really a pass-through tax <laughs> because you always are right. going to mark it up and you're going to charge more tax than you paid anyway, more times than not anyway. Um, and if you don't, then <clears> – and you truly do pass it through, then under audit you would owe the difference because you didn't collect enough from the customer. Hmm. But yeah, it, it goes both ways. For our I, – I, I consult with clients both on both sides of it, so – if they're the vendor and they're charging tax or collecting a resale certificate, I always encourage them to collect a state-specific resale certificate and to request that from their customer. Hey, uh, I shipped these to California. I need the California resale certificate and to request that and to get that from the customer. <clears throat> if I'm the – if I'm – Consulting with the customer who's purchasing product in many different states in California and Nevada, Utah, you know, and they're in Texas, then I would just say, hey, provide the multi-state uh, exemption certificate or the streamlined sales tax certificate. If those states uh, would accept that certificate, they'll be listed on the certificate specifically. So the multi-jurisdictional resale certificate <clears throat> will have all the states that accept that certificate on there. Um, and I tell them, hey, just provide that certificate with your account numbers on there and indicate to the vendor, hey, we're purchasing these for resale and taxes not due on these. And here's my resale certificate. And if push comes to shove, you have to get a state-specific resale certificate. It's more just a headache and a hassle. It's more just right. an administrative pain. But it is important to note that in certain states like Florida um, – or Illinois or 
trying to think Washington there are certain states that do require a state-specific resale certificate. Florida will issue an annual resale certificate that's only good for that year. And the reason that they do that is because it helps monitor and regulate invalid resale certificates to protect the vendor, in my opinion. Mm. So the certificate can expire. Um, and certain certificates do expire. Certain resale certificates do expire after a period of time. I encourage all of our clients to make certain that they have new certificates every three years. That covers the statute mm. of limitations. You could push it to four years, but just on, um, on a, recur a recurring basis, just be sure to collect updated resale certificates. In some states like those that I mentioned, uh, they require annual resale certificates and you have to get them every year. So every January or every December for the new year, we're coming up. Uh, we need your your new resale certificate, and we can get that. Or we um, are requesting that you get that and provide that to us. But it takes a lot. It takes a lot of time. It's an administrative hassle. It's a bit of a headache. Understanding, you know, can the state accept the out-of-state certificate? Do I have to have a specific in-state certificate? <laughs> you have states like Illinois who have a specific reseller license. Hey, you can just register as a reseller. You don't have to file returns, but you can just be a reseller. So it gets a little bit tricky. But yeah, especially important. you know, having to know all the different definitions as well. You know, yeah, um, can get really tricky, especially when yeah. you're when you're registering in different states. You're like, what? I don't yeah. know. What am I? I don't know. I don't know what yeah. I am. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And it could also be tricky because it may, they may not even call it a sales tax, right? It's a gross right. receipts or a business privilege tax or, you know, and so is this the right certificate? I don't know. And so having somebody that you can just, hey, uh, I need a resale certificate in this state. Is this right? Or, you know, that whole, you know, we talk about it time and time again on our podcast, and that is collaboration builds confidence, right? As you collaborate, as you just bounce ideas, questions, idea thoughts, off of a professional uh, like Pizer Johnson, it it will go a long way and provide you right. peace of mind and be able to help you sleep at night. You know what I mean? Yeah, we talk about so, it all the time. <laughs> so you mentioned we had some sort of list or matrix of the states that we can provide that yeah. might want, you know, it's state specific resale certificate. Yeah. It's tricky with the matrix or charts that you'll find out there. I mean, you can find them on different um, tax engine websites. But it, it gets tricky because there's a lot of caveats. There's a lot of footnotes, a lot of things to be aware of. So it's not a magic bullet. It's not even a multi-jurisdiction resale certificate, for example. You can use it across multiple states, but there are several, I mean, probably five pages worth of footnotes to watch out for. So if you're using it in California, be careful of this and don't use it in this case or watch out for this. And so even if you were to look at the multi-jurisdiction resale certificate, you'll find a lot of caveats or footnotes. And so I hesitate to provide a chart mm -hmm. because people will reference it as if it's legislation, but it's not legislation. It's not supported so, under yeah. audit. So, so then that's tough. Maybe I yeah. can provide I can provide a link for you listeners out there of the multi-jurisdictional form, and that'll yeah. have 
some good information on there um, as to, you know, what to watch out for. Um, because yeah. you may have vendors in different states are like, Hey, I need a resale certificate. Yeah. Um, and that could provide some good information on what you might need to do. And, yeah. you know, some of it might, might, some of your decision might, you know, have to be around materiality as well. Right. Um, so before you make that decision and, you know, it might be wise to jump on a call with us, but usually if if you're not doing a high volume of sales you know you know it really is materiality question but but once you start sure. making a high number of sales and and transactions it, it is very smart to to get on a call with us and discuss what you need to do especially if like you're in 10 plus states yeah and you've that's where it starts to get really complicated um, yeah so that's when we suggest that's about the time to get on a call and discuss your options. I will mention, you know, there are at least probably seven states that I would that I would put um, a red flag or the caution tape around, <laughs> and that is Alabama, Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Maryland, Mississippi, South Carolina, and Tennessee. Hmm. And we could provide that to our listeners just to uh, to watch out for. If you're in these states providing resale certificates or you have customers in these states who are providing resale certificates and you're not certain if you can accept this resale certificate or not, it's good to at least have those um, red lights, flashing red lights in yeah. your head. Oh, Illinois? There's something, yeah, there's, there's something, something wrong with that. Illinois. I, I don't know if I can – let me look into this further type of a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most states, I will also add that most states also have a way on their website <clears throat> to look up if this uh, account number that they provided you is valid and would be accepted under audit because it's, hmm. it's low-hanging fruit under an audit situation for any auditor to come in. Hey, you didn't collect tax on these transactions or these sales of fidget spinners, and you should have. Well, yeah, I have these resale certificates. Well, yeah, let me see those resale certificates, and let me see if they're valid. It's very easy for the auditor because you have the burden of proof as the taxpayer to show that you didn't have to collect tax. But if the certificate is incompleted, it's not valid, it's outdated, it's it's not dated, it's not signed, whatever the case may be, um, it's easy for the for the state to just oh, sorry, invalid certificate. You can go get another one, maybe, and you have 30 days or you got 15 days or 10 days. So it gets a little bit tricky. So you just want to make certain that they're always updated, they're always completed and signed, and you do a little bit of due diligence. You're not required to be an auditor when accepting resale certificates, but you are required to, you know, have some a little bit of common sense when it comes to accepting those in good faith. You know, this whole in good faith that the state puts on you as a taxpayer, uh, it does have some weight to it. And so you can't just willy-nilly, free-for-all, oh, yeah, whatever, that napkin, yeah, I'll accept that napkin with the <laughs> an IOU on it. Yeah, no, 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 don't do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. No, this is this is really good. And, you know, we had a, a discussion yesterday. I was asking you, it's like, who do we suggest – you know, there's there's a lot of good softwares out there to help manage exemption certificates, resale certificates. Yeah. And there was one, it was exempt tax. So yeah, yeah. 
look at your options. Like if you're, if you're having to deal with a lot of resale certificates, I think that's wise because they also help you keep that updated and organized. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, sweet. Paul, thank you so much. Um, Thinks is good information, and uh, I know I know for a fact that we'll see you on another one. Hey yo, <laughs> right? See ya. <laughs>